Here we are at our fourth session on Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. And let me pose the problem that we ended with last time concerning the implications of the fact that we are all dead. We're sons of disobedience. We are by nature children of wrath. And this nature implied here is that in this deadness, there is a huge problem. Namely, we really are unable to do what God calls us to do, namely to believe and to worship and to obey. And we saw, for example, in 5, Ephesians 5, 6 to 8, there was a darkness, there is a darkness behind this deadness, a moral and spiritual, intellectual darkness about spiritual things. And then we saw that underneath that darkness in 4, 18 is hardness, which probably comes as close as anything to defining what this is. It is a a hard resistance to the things of God, the glory of Christ, the beauty of salvation, the dreadfulness of sin. And then we saw in 1 Corinthians 2.14 that we are unable to discern the spiritual things that is unable to see what is true in spiritual reality presented by the apostles. And then we saw in Romans 8, 7, and 8 that we are unable to submit to God or to please him. In other words, there really is, in this word deadness, a profound inability to believe inability to obey, inability to worship, indeed, inability to see as believable the beauties of the gospel, which leads to the question last time, well then, if that's the condition of people, what's the point in even talking to them? Why evangelize? Why share the gospel with them? So, Father, as we ask this question, Show us the glorious answer of Ephesians and other parts of Scripture, I pray, so that we will be about the business of evangelism that cannot fail. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, let's go to Ephesians. Um, well, let's just notice in, in 2.5. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So what has to happen to dead people is that Christ has to do the miracle of making us alive. We do not make ourselves alive so that we can do what needs to be done. He makes us alive. However, when you get a few verses later into 2.8, that same grace that makes us alive says, by grace, you have been saved through faith. So the question is, what is the experience of being made alive? Remember, we are all the while in our deadness, walking with our bodies, thinking with our minds, feeling with our emotions, willing with our will. So what changes when this miracle happens? What changes? And the answer is that our thinking and our feeling and our willing all suddenly 
come alive to the believability of the gospel, the beauty of the gospel, the irresistible, compelling, wonderful nature of the gospel and the horror of sin, the danger of hell and the reality of our own guilt and the glorious sufficiency of Jesus. It all just blows up with light so that the thing that happens in our hearts is faith. So faith is not here what we do in order to get alive. It's what we do in response to being made alive. So you get over to chapter 5 and you read this. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Talk about sins he just mentioned. Therefore do not become partners with them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, that's you and your words in the gospel service, exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, and, he, and it probably refers to an amalgamation of Scripture. This is not a, a quote from anywhere in the Bible particularly, but a combination of Places. So it says, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That's what we say. That's what we say. We speak to dead people. We say, Hey, dead, hey, dead people. We go to Pizza Hut. We go to, <laughs> we go to Leanne Chim. We go to Chick fil A, and we sit across the table from people we love who are dead in trespasses and sins. And we tell them the gospel, and we look them in the eye and say, wake up, wake up, I want you to wake up. And when you think about this, he's drawing the analogy between death and sleep here. And if you have somebody in a burning house, and the house is going to burn them down and kill them, and they're asleep, they can't get out of the house while they're asleep, right? They're unconscious of the danger. So what do you do? You say, well, they're asleep, there's nothing we can do. No, you you shout, wake up, and your very shout wakes them up. And that's what Paul is saying. The shout of the gospel raises the dead. Look, here's the analogy in John eleven forty three. Jesus cried out. He cried out. Well, well, that's stupid. No, no, don't be blasphemous. It's not stupid for God to cry out to dead people. Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. You can't come out. You're dead. The man who had died came out. Why? Because the cry created the obedience. And so it will be in our mouths. Faith comes from hearing. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ that we speak. We speak it. He sends us to speak it. But in and through us, God says, wake up. Isn't this amazing in Acts 26? Jesus says, this is the risen Christ talking to Paul, I am sending you to open their eyes meaning blind, spiritual, dead eyes that Paul cannot open. He cannot. He's a man. This is the work of God. 
God makes them alive. God gives them eyes, and he's sending Paul to do it. He's sending you to do it. Don't you say, they are blind. There's nothing I can do. No, no. There is something you can do. So that they may turn from darkness to light. Here's the darkness that they're all in through their deadness, and they can turn out of it from the power of Satan. Yes, they were walking right in lockstep with the prince of the power of the air, according to Ephesians 2, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. This is the glorious statement, you and I speak life. We speak life into dead hearts if the Holy Spirit rests upon us. Here's the picture of what happens. So here's Paul preaching to dead people. In Acts 13, the Lord has commanded us, saying, this is his sermon coming to an end, and he's going to thrill the hearts of the Gentiles that they're included in this salvation. The Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles. Paul is made a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And here's what happens. And when the Gentiles heard this, faith comes by hearing, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. In other words, our job is not to decide who the elect are. Our job is not to raise the dead. Our job is to preach the word of God. So if you ask, all right, if everybody's dead and we were dead, what's the point of sharing the gospel with the dead? The answer is, God has appointed to give life to the dead through the preaching of the gospel. Let's go speak it. Let's speak it to everybody. Let's speak it indiscriminately. And as we speak it, let's pray, O Holy Spirit, come, cause them to live.